Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This podcaster named Sean Allen. ASAP, another Sean Allen podcast. ASAP, another uh, Sean Allen podcast. ASAP, another Sean Allen podcast. Follow, subscribe, wherever you listen to podcasts. Spotify and Apple listeners, please rate and write a review. I got a special show for you today. You know what? The P in ASAP today, the P is for pretty, for pretty black. (laughs) And if you don't know, let me remind you again, I got my friend, my longtime friend. I've known this girl basically my whole life. Writer, poet, rapper, singer, performer. I mean, just the list goes on and on. Pretty black. What's up? What's up, Sean? Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you. Thank you. Any New Year's resolutions? I don't do New Year's resolutions. I just, <laughs> I do, because I think my goals are like just forever, like ongoing. Right, right. And um, it, I have the same goals every year. Until I reach them, then I'm going to make more. But just to be a healthier me all, all the way around holistically. You know, it's funny. I do the New Year's resolution. I don't do it on the 1st of January. Traditionally, mm-hmm. I, my birthday, I'll set like a goal. Because that's my New Your Year. Your New Year. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? My resolution last year, you're going to laugh at this because you know me. <laughs> my resolution was to not walk into confrontation. Okay. You know what that means? We hear somebody say something or we see somebody done mm-hmm. something and we have to address it. Right. I'm like, I got to get that spirit off of me. Somebody do some foul shit, I'm, I'm going to let it go. I'm worse with that when it comes to online shit, and I have to stop. Real life, too, though. Yeah, I have to. Real life, I'm getting a handle on it yeah. more and more, like, as I get older. But online, them Twitter fingers get to going. And I'm like, stop it. Because, the you know, the more your name gets out there as an artist, they're going right. to start pulling shit back up yeah. later on. Look at what she wrote. So. <laughs> You know, I don't got that. Well, we, you your own boss, so I'm my own boss, so I don't give a right. fuck about that. I created that's my true. own shit. You created your own shit. Yeah, that's true. So what I said 10 years ago is how I felt 10 years ago. Right. It probably changed, but but I think the only tweets I'll get in trouble for, I said some, I probably said some anti-Semitic shit <laughs> somewhere <laughs> or like some soft racist shit. I'm not a racist at all, and I'm not anti-Semitic. Soft racist. Wait, I call it some soft racism because black people can't really be racist. Yeah, it's not. You know it's what I mean? Not, yeah, but, it, you know, some, I said some shit, some anti-non-black stuff probably. But, mm-hmm. you know, I felt that way. But I, could, I So here's the thing. I could defend what I said and I could mm-hmm. educate. If somebody challenged me on some shit I said on Twitter 10 years ago, even if I don't feel that way, I'll be able to retroactively educate them on what I said and why I right. said it and why I meant what I said. Right. You know what I mean? 
So that's the thing about me. But you smart, so you same <laughs> shit too. You know what I mean? And because I know you, and I don't know this. Maybe I don't know this about you, but I like to think I know you. Do you ever, have you ever, or do you do screenwriting? Like, do you play in that? I do. I um, have my hand in, I knew in it. writing. And, um, well, okay. We wrote together yeah. for our platform back mm-hmm. in the day, 500,000 followers. And we were only following 2,000. I had so much fun on that. But yeah, so, because when I was listening to your project, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. Then I know you, again, I, I keep saying I know you. you. Right. So every time you guys hear me say, because I know you, <laughs> take a <laughs> shot. But you're a good writer. Thank you. You're a good writer. So I'm like, this girl, do you act, screenwrite? But you said you dabbled in it yes. or you play with it. Mm-hmm. Are you taking thinking about taking that to the next level? I was. So I wrote actually a whole stage production. And this oh, was wow. um, like back in 2013 or so. I was going to put right. it on. And then um, I had some, like, my mother had some health challenges and things were going on. So, like, that put a halt on that. And I never went back to pushing that. But I've always been, you know, inclined to write for not only stage productions, but for television, for film, yeah. all of that stuff. And um, and I do. I know some people, like, I know um, one, of, one of my friends who I'm really close with, um, her, she's John Singleton's. Um, right, right, yeah. right, right. So, you know, I had opportunities there, but some people, you know how that stuff goes. Yeah. It, some people kind of tarnish those opportunities. and Because I'm familiar with you, you know, as a human and not an artist, mm-hmm. both, both mm-hmm. ways. I, you know, I was thinking, I was like, okay, this girl got some heat. Because I could tell in your music, too, that you are very uh, visual. Because mm-hmm. there's things, there's people who rap and do poetry and it's dope, and it you know does this thing or whatever. But then, like for an uh, artist to with their words to visually like paint a scenario or an environment, you do that a lot, and you capture that in your music. So that's where that came from. I'm like, this girl has to like write television yeah. and film and shit. Because you follow screenwriters, or you know, like who you mentioned John Singleton, but who is someone? Of course, can- I mean, I think just growing up, you know, us. A lot of a lot of I think people from different regions of the United States they kind of stick to their their people, but I think us as Californians we're like so diverse that we take we can pull and take from yeah. all parts, and that's what I did. So I always looked at John Singleton, Spike Lee, um, the Hughes brothers. Um, Taking it back. Gosh, what's his name? Theodore Witcher because he made one of my favorite films of all time, Love Jones. Oh wow! And then, um, also, Quentin Tarantino, um, you know, people like that. Oh, so you tapped in for real. Yeah. You know your shit. Mm-hmm. That's interesting you say that, especially about being from California, because especially where we come from, mm-hmm. you know, we all kind of had the same trajectory. We were from L.A., but we moved out mm-hmm. to s- suburbia, which is very diverse. Mm-hmm. But even the part of L.A. we're from is diverse as well. Right. You know what I mean? And um, I tell people this all the time. Like, I can navigate in the Nickerson Gardens mm-hmm. and navigate in Beverly Hills. Exactly. And I think that is like a gift. And I think it it's is. very unique to us. Very, yes. It's me and you mm-hmm. in particular because mm-hmm. we I know where you're from, you know yeah. where I'm from and vice versa. And I think that having that access to that, that diversity allowed us to thrive and blossom in corporate America as well as our exactly. personal business and endeavors because we know how to walk you know, in every room and kind of mm-hmm. command every room. Pretty Black, a lot of our listeners know you. Some of them may not. But what we do for our guests, our first-time guests on the show, we do either or. 
five questions, 10 answers, but you only could pick one. This is a fourth choice. Five choices can't be in the middle and it can't be both. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. The Inland Empire or the Antelope Valley? Inland Empire. Why? I'm familiar with it. That's literally the only reason why. Have you ever been to like Palmdale and Castle? Yes. I mean, and. It's, it, yeah, the Inland Empire, definitely the Come Inland on. Empire. I mean, because that's like, that's literally what we refer to as the sticks. <laughs> this country. <laughs> I do developed and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Two lane freeway. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> but shout out to the listeners in the Antelope Valley. We love y'all anyway. Cardi B or Nicki Minaj? Nicki. Why not Cardi? I don't do Cardi. What do you mean? I don't. Next. <laughs> do I? You want me to really elaborate? Oh, okay. Nikki. Why Nikki? Okay. So why Nikki? I gosh. I guess I'm not either or. But if I had to pick between them, it's Nikki. Nikki can rap. Shit, yeah. I can't lie. Nikki can rap. She got. She has skills. She knew how to build her brand. She's just. She's like a. When you look at the female rap superstar right. region, that's Nikki. Yeah, but what do you think Nikki went wrong? Where did Nikki go wrong? Where I mean. Other than her taking a break from music, just not doing it. She didn't, what she didn't do is use her celebrity to segue into different um, other fields. She should have done some acting when she was on top versus trying to do acting now. They'd be like, oh, you ain't making music, you know. I think she she abandoned her audience when she stopped doing that pop stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think she should have kept on doing that. that. You know, because we know who was buying the music and who was at the concerts was a bunch mm-hmm. of kids. Mm-hmm. And once she stopped doing that, I think it kind of it died yeah, down. Yeah, I mean, she didn't start out like that either, but she knew the right. niche that was going to get her in there. Right, definitely. African men or African American men? Yeah, African American men. Why not African men? Because if Bantu they're American, knots, why not African men? <laughs> if they're um. I'm open to all of them, but I guess just just off top of I had to choose between the two, I'm African-American only because we can just relate on a, um, it, the relatability. You know, it's interesting, and this has been like a journey of mine these past couple of years. I like to go to Europe, mm-hmm. and me going to Europe allowed me to appreciate African-American so right. much more, and right. it made me um, – realize how influential globally we are Mm -hmm. such a small population Mm -hmm. in african diaspora but the most impactful yes you know what i mean fucking street light elevator Mm -hmm. cell phone lamp like Mm -hmm. all fucking from african americans beyonce michael jackson you know you want to be superficial with that being said too i understand that the reason why we were able to accomplish so much and have such an impact globally is because of the traumatic history that mm-hmm. we, you know what I mean, the access to that. And you and th- that you mentioned that a lot of um, even Africa, like within the African diaspora, they don't understand the politics of racism, how it is here in America, yeah, they don't opposed to how it is over there. It's just, it's not really the same. So um, they even come over with a different um, absolute, and I never thought, and I'm not speaking for all, but I never understood when people would be like, that Africans don't like no African Americans. And I'm like, yeah, right. Until I sat down with the African when I was at a pool one day and he was a security over there and he went 
in on us. And I was like, I never knew. I didn't think that oh, wow. that was really a viewpoint. Now, it could have just been singled out with just him. But right. from the way he was speaking, it was kind of like a cultural thing. That's just was their thought process because they come over here and they're to- they're shown different things on TV. They're told by, you know, corporate America and other, you know, people who have influence within the United States that this is how African-Americans are. So that is their perception of it off top because they don't know anything else. Right, They don't know the history. The history. Major or independent? Indie. Why indie? Unless you have the the big machine behind you and you're trying to pop that way, that's my only benefit that I feel that you can get out of major. Indie, you just have more control. You can own your own masters you can kind of move how you want to move right we don't right. need it's not the 90s anymore we don't need the big machine yeah to push us that's true I'm, you see i'm running my own shit over here locks are bantu knots <laughs> both <laughs> no nah, you can't Yo, i both. can't go in the middle nah. damn because you know i put my locks in the bantu knots all the time but um for the sake of this episode we're gonna do episode, bantu knots we're, yeah we're going with bantu knots you know what's interesting about bantu knots Looking at the artwork, mm-hmm. you capture the essence of the artwork in the music. So mm-hmm. I'm not even about to hold you and act like you're doing some fake shit. I, I, I hear it. Mm-hmm. The militant, strong black, mm-hmm. war ready yeah. soldier. I hear it. I hear it. But it was very, very sexual. <laughs> very very sexual album. Wait, so, no so, no no. Wait, two songs. No no. Two that, songs. I'm immature, so that's what I'm focusing okay. on. <laughs> you know me. Said I'm immature. Why, why Bantu Knots? So Bantu Knots actually. Oh shit! It's it's really a deep story behind. I was only supposed to actually name uh, one track Bantu Knots, right. and then my um, engineer producer and um, label mate Eugene O'Neill. He was the one was like, no name the entire album Bantu Knots. And then when I sat and thought about it, I'm like, you're right. And the reason for the whole Bantu Knots theme was because I actually wore my hair in Bantu Knots. Like when I, well, I'm still in corporate America to some aspect, but so when I wore my hair to work one day, I wore it in Bantu Knots. And my, one of my old racist white coworkers who sat next to me knows these hell. Y'all know about her because I said many stories about her on uh, Facebook. But um, she called me Buckwheat. She said I look like Buckwheat to her. And that was my opportunity to she, be she's like. She's still not, she's not working she's still there. there. Wait a minute. Okay, tell the story. So. She called me, um, she called me Buckwheat. Said that I reminded her of Buckwheat. And at that point, I was like, I have either one choice. I could pop off on her and or I can go do this the correct way and go through my supervisors and HR and so on and so forth and get this handled you know that way yeah that didn't work because it just really doesn't work for us the same way and I I totally understood that after going through that whole thing but um no I was the one that ended up getting demoted and yeah all kinds of stuff she did not get any disciplinary action whatsoever taken against her wow at all. So you took that, you took power in Bantu Knots. Exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly what that album was for. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I can't believe that she was able to be racist and not blatantly and no disciplinary action. But then when you look at the my supervisors and my managers, they one of my managers is allegedly a known member of the KKK and her and her husband. So it's like you can't really get right. around it when you have right. the upper people who are 
in control of that. Wow, mm-hmm. wow. Are you still sitting next to this girl? Oh, no. Word bad, too. It's West African, right? Yes. Um, and I, you know what? I just, too, I updated my um, ancestry, and I found out I have more Ghanaian in me than I thought. At wow. first, I was... Um, Everybody going to Ghana, too. in Togo? Been in Togo? Yeah. The majority of my... Uh, percentage of my dna but i found i have a lot more uh, west african in me than i thought so when we going to Accra? that's asap 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 <laughs> see how that worked out <laughs> the process how long did it take you to record this album um from beginning to end it took a full year it took a full took year my time with it you took your time you made love to it mm-hmm Back back to those songs, huh? <laughs> back to we all hopping those songs. To the two songs. <laughs> Wait, hold up. No, we ain't about to do that because I was I was rocking with it. I'm like, okay, black is a little freak. And you know, we'll dive into that though. But <laughs> who did you work with? Um, okay, so Valencia Stacks, he did um a little bit of production on the album. He actually did the Black Love song too with the Bilal sample. Um, but majority of my engineering and production was done by Eugene O'Neill. Eugene, so Eugene O'Neill was the one that laced you with the heat, with the bangers. Mm-hmm. What's your process of like creating the songs? Do you freestyle? You write? How does that work? I don't write. I don't. I didn't write a single word. Down. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. I didn't write a single. How I, I feel that too confined to paper or cell phone or whatever device you use to write words on I felt too confined to that so it's harder for me to write down write it down and spit it than it is for me to freestyle it and then go back and build upon it and so that's how I do all of my verses that's like Jay-Z's process he'll freestyle it Mm -hmm. go back and listen and Mm -hmm. then he'll like rebuild on it yeah Mm -hmm. oh shit Mm -hmm. so every track every track I didn't write a single word down on a piece of paper wow wow that is (laughs) impressive so how do you come up with like a theme for like each song you know what i mean like for instance all night mm-hmm. to, you know okay so you hear the beat the beat is hard you you rock with the beat or do you write the concept of the song first and then you know what i mean mm-hmm. like how does that and shout out to amora the songstress she um she's the vocalist on that song and uh, aaron swift he's the uh, feature male on that song um no i go with the whole vibe of what how the the actual music makes me feel what is the right. what's the feel of the music where where am i going to get this and then i'll just maybe come up with a tune like uh for all the hooks too even for the vocalists on my album i wrote those i did all the hooks everything so wow. um i just come up you know whatever melody comes to me whatever feel the music gives me that's where i build upon the the theme of the song and who's the girl on all night because she fucks it up at the end <sighs> amore the songstress Amora the songstress. the songstress. We would need her uh, social media yeah, in the um, description of this episode. Definitely. Cause, because yeah. she was, I was like, okay. She's, I thought it was you at first. Mm-mm. I was like, is this black singing? Mm-mm, no, Amora, she's, yes. I can't even get the word. She's a vocalist, a true vocalist for real. Yeah, I hear it, I hear it. So you hear the beat and then just the vibe of the beat mm-hmm. kind of, then you navigate it, you take it from there. Yeah. So all night felt sexy to you. It, yeah, it did. <laughs> it did. So that's where I came up with the all night. Fall into this pussy like quicksand. <laughs> he quoting. Yep. That's what all night gave you. Yeah. Did okay. it not? 
I mean, yeah, it was sexy as fuck. I'm like, oh shit. Did it not? I'm listening to it. I'm touching myself. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And that's funny because that's the reaction I get from, um, especially where, where how Eugene engineered, I think he engineered in like a Pornhub clip or some shit. Oh, wow. Like there. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. later. And so it's like, it really catches you off guard. But I was on, I played this on Clubhouse for a few dudes who, um, they be with YG and Slim for 100 and all that rest right. of these. And um, I played it for them, and they was like, damn. They was like, no, but it goes into the Pornhub clip, and then you come back in rapping so smooth. They was like, what? He was like, that's going to keep people's attention. So, oh, And we know sex sells, so. Because I still get the black, black woman. Mm-hmm. I don't even say Afrocentric from mm-hmm. Pretty Black. Can I say Afrocentric? You can. Did it? I don't know if it felt that way, though. For it that fe- album? For that album. It didn't okay. feel that way. It, it, it feels it's, black, it's women empowering, black empowering, right. but at the same time, I felt like it was a love letter to who you are Mm -hmm. and your personal experiences and how you love and, you know. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What's what you want? It you was because each for me, each Bantu knot is a layer, a different layer, yeah. of me, a different part of me. So. I yeah, felt exactly. it. I felt it. I felt it. But all night was definitely a banger. And shout out to Amara the Amara the songstress and um, Aaron Swift. 
What about <laughs> my pussy is in Metropolis? <laughs> Can we talk about that? So that was on Choose Up. Yes. That was on Choose Up. With the Joe sample. And with the Joe sample, which in, to me, he's the king of R&B. But anyways, we're not yeah, going to no, get into that. No, he is. Joe Thomas. <laughs> shout out to Joe Thomas. I love Joe. But, um. Yeah, that was just a that was just something to, some a wordplay kind of thing on. Just yeah. Is that what you're doing on this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad was, though. I'm not it mad. Was, We're grown. It was. I love how you. I love how you. Cause you selected these beats. Right. Your your guy gave you these beats. You mm-hmm. was like, I want this. I want mm-hmm. that. I want exactly. this. I want that. I love how even the Bilal sample. Mm-hmm. You tapped into shit that we grew up on. Exactly. We came up on. You know what I mean? In real R&B soul. So, like, as mm-hmm. soon as I heard that sample, I, it captures the essence. I'm like, okay, this is about to be some fire because right. you just don't play on a Joe sample like exactly. that. You just don't play on a Bilal like that. And it sets the mood. I like that. So, like, as soon as I hear the little sample, as soon as the beat come on, and I heard it, I'm like, okay, this is familiar. I'm like, okay, this is what we're about to do on this. Right. You know what I mean? Candlelight, Valentine's coming up. Exactly. You know what I mean? But these lyrics, my pussy is a metrop. What else? You say some wild shit on there. And I'm like, Pretty Black is really, really, really bringing it. And I don't know if I'm supposed to listen to this. Absolutely. You, I don't want my <laughs> my my brother and my family to listen to it. But they are, those going to be the songs they're going to go right to because they nosy. But um, <laughs> but no, I'm we're grown. And, you know, I like showing multiple sides of me so you know i you know i'm a spitter you know if you um i don't know if you got a chance to listen to that cypher track yet but oh we'll get into that okay but that's what a lot of okay so let me rewind it so i that whole album is real woman empowerment right real black woman empowerment but more than 80 percent of my fan base is male yeah. and they fuck with this album well, heavy i could i mean <laughs> No, really, they fuck with the album heavy, but I don't want them to think that I'm, you know, just one one note. I'm not just a one note rapper, so I can give you that hard, you know. Okay, so style. you're talking about real shit on here. You talking yeah. about you talking about everything you talking about is real. Mm-hmm. Sex is real, so mm-hmm. like let's not even, you know. And you you're not talking. It's not raunchy. Mm-hmm. It's not you saying stuff you're saying on here. Right. It's not. It's not cheap. It doesn't feel cheap. Right. You know what I mean. It doesn't feel cheap because it's paired with lyricism, mm-hmm. good music, and then this girl's spitting on this with these niggas on the right. next track. So, right. you know, it's not a one trick pony. Exactly. But because I'm immature, that's what I'm gonna focus. No, on. I like <laughs> that you that you bring because I don't want people. I don't want people to know that side of me as well, and a lot of people don't really because I'm not so for it with it, you know. Right. But if I'm I'm gonna get in a couple of tracks and I'm gonna show you what's up. You know, on that end, but then I'm going to show you that I'm a lyrical person. I can make what some of my next projects that are coming up. You're going to see I can make radio music. I can go commercial as well. So it's I call myself a chameleon rapper because I can adapt to to any anything. Choose up is radio ready. That's definitely radio ready. Yeah, that's one of the ones. I mean, a lot of tracks are all night is radio ready. Mm-hmm. So you are good at what you do because. Those hooks are sing-along hooks. Exactly. Like, you give a pop hook. Exactly. But it's a real, like, R&B, real, some real hip-hop, mm-hmm. you know, real sh- lyricism shit. But it's a a poppy hook. Was that consciously done? Yes. Especially when, like, what I'm doing right now. I make my hooks almost as simple as possible for the reason for people to sing along to it. Yeah. I don't, my verses and my lyrics are intricate enough. Right. They're not going to be able to catch all that. But if they can get that hook... They gonna, I'm going to be able to perform that 
and be able to hold my mic out to the audience and then not be quiet like uh, what Norm- what happened to Normandy. <laughs> <laughs> just recently but you know what i mean yeah. or what happens with anybody but um I, I do my hooks simple on purpose wow yeah i noticed that too all your mm-hmm. hooks are you you have it the music is not it's not pop it's real hip-hop mm-hmm. it's real you know not r&b because you're right. a rapper but it's real r&b hip-hop is real real music mm-hmm. some kjlh shit type of shit mm-hmm. you know what i mean but and it's very mature but then you get to that hook that hook turns it into something else and that's interesting that you said that was a conscious thing that you did mm-hmm. because a lot of people don't get it and you completely like nailed it with that. And right. and I think that's some California shit that's being exposed, <laughs> that diversity, knowing how, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Navigating in all arenas and areas and shout out to you for that, for being conscious Thank on you. that. Because I was like, okay, she's saying what? Then a the hook come in, I'm like, <laughs> you, you know can, what I mean? Yeah, something you can vibe along to, for sure. I've never been the type to rap about my pussy, <laughs> but if I have to, it's juicy. Soul Hungry, tell us about that. Oh, Soul Hungry. Soul Hungry was actually, um, so when I decided to start back rapping, because you you know I was rapping since high school. Yeah. And even before then, but, um, you know, you get jaded by the industry, along the way and that could call you to stop that's what happened with me so but when I decided to go back into it on taking the indie route that was like the end of 2019 and I was watching um the Wu-Tang saga on Hulu and I was like shit this I'm about to rap again that's what I just told myself I'm about to rap again so I dropped the freestyle over the DJ premiere beat um the devil's pie and that was actually the freestyle over the devil's pie that I dropped at the top of uh 2020 devil's pie is D'Angelo from belly soundtrack Mm -hmm. and I dropped the um a freestyle over that and that's actually what got me signed to the indie label like two months after I dropped it so yeah so I just ended up I'm like I want to include that in the album so I'll just put it over that beat that's dope. That's mm-hmm. hard. I can't believe you freestyle all this shit. Mm-hmm. I that's really really impressive. Thank you. One of my favorites was I'm going to come hard on the mic like a dildo. <laughs> yeah, I hate you. <laughs> Stay, I, I'm immature, so I'm talking about all the sex shit. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about all the sex shit. That was that was a bar though. Definitely. Can I say? Can I tweet that? I'm going to come hard. Yeah, on tweet the mic it please like and dildo. tag Pretty Black. Okay. All right. Stay dangerous. That was Tell part of a poem, that. actually. The "Come Hard on a Dildo." Oh that wow! Was part of a hip hop poem that I did. So I took part of, I took that bar and, and threw it in there. I feel like "Stay Dangerous" was a nod to like West Coast YG. Mm-hmm. You got that? Okay. See, Thank I'm you. on it. <laughs> but tell us about "Stay Dangerous." "Stay Dangerous" was a um. And was, and then okay, no, I'm gonna let you go. I'm oh no no go. go. Say what you gonna say. The titles of these songs, mm-hmm. then these. I kind of feel like they kind of catch, it catches you off guard mm-hmm. a little bit, you know. Okay. What I mean? I'm thinking one thing, then and I then hear it, and I'm like, it, oh, and then shit. you hear something different, and that's how I am as a person. A lot of people yeah. don't. Uh, when they see me, they look at me and like, oh yeah, she's she probably could rap or something. And then they see me perform, they're like, what the fuck? I wasn't expecting that. Or some dude was like, um, hearing me talk regular, and then when he heard my stuff, he was like, I was not expecting that to come out of you, especially how you sound talking right now. So that I, I did my album the same way. Like you said, you yeah. picked up on that. But Stay Dangerous, Stay Dangerous, uh, I wanted some real West Coast um, vibes on my album. Yeah. And I'm like, well, this beat that uh, Eugene did, it sounds 
the most West Coast out of all the ones right, that I've right, heard so right. far. So I'm like, let me throw that on there. I deliberately did the Stay Dangerous thing, you know, like you said, YG, and right. just some of our terminology, and um, and that's what that was about. That was actually one of one of the last songs that I recorded to wrap up my album, and that was during right before the election. Oh wow! Right before um Trump got booted on out, and um, I mean, that's well, that was the feel of that. We could have kept Trump. Yeah, at this uh, point, t- at this point, <laughs> <laughs> at this point, we could have whoever in there. We could put Charlie yeah, Brown in there. That's and- a whole other conversation. Though, <laughs> I'm pissed off about that shit. Man, yeah, and another thing too, and I'm talking about all this because I'm immature. I'm talking about all the sex songs and shit like that. Go ahead, I love it. But the voodoo, voodoo Marie, mm-hmm. that was that was dope. That was some historical shit. Here, I'm listening to one track you talk about. Mm-hmm. what you could do in mm-hmm. the bedroom, then I'm educated and I'm in school on the next one. When I do songs about people, I like to do historical songs about um, powerful women, right. powerful women in history. And if at that time I was looking in, into my roots and um, looking at our different religious practices that were taken away from us right. and turned bad. And so I had came across Marie Laveau and, um, of course, New Orleans, you know, Deep in my, she, I mean, her name just, if you hear about voodoo, that's her. Yeah. She's the queen of it. And um, so I was researching her, and I'm just like, this is where, she, I mean, she was powerful. She had she a was, lot of power. Yeah. She had a lot of power behind what she did and behind her practice. Um, So I just decided to, because I wanted to feel empowered at the moment, that's just the vibe I was on. I'm like, I'm doing a song about her. And that's what that song, the the track that Eugene, he actually, Eugene, he, um, cause he produced and engineered that track too. He said he didn't like that. That was one of his throwaway beats. I was hard to me. Yeah. He was like, I didn't, he was like, I didn't think you would fuck with that. That was one of the first beats he played me a year ago. But after um, he heard you on it, he was like, oh shit. Oh, he loves it. But, um, I loved it because the beat sounded so dark and. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I, you know, again, that's my history. My family's from. New Orleans, mm-hmm. so I know all about that, and I like how you made it positive. Because mm-hmm. what I mean, if you know the history, you know it's positive. Right. But when people hear Voodoo and Marie Laveau, they think of that's that dark and shit. Even though the beat is dark, the, 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 it's dark, but in a there's a lot of power. In, exactly, you know what I mean. And um, and here you go again, taking something negative and mm-hmm. making it positive, just like the Bantu, you mm-hmm. made that positive. Voodoo Marie, you made mm-hmm. that positive and right. empowering. So shout out to you for that. So this is intentional work that you're doing. Absolutely. And you're very conscious album, of. Yeah, it was very intentional. I hate when my friends do music or projects and I don't fuck with it. Yeah. Because I feel like gotta. I have to lie. <laughs> so I'm not going to lie. I'm going to give you my honest critique. Right. But I'm like, I actually fuck with this. Right. I like it. This is dope. This is surprising. Mm-hmm. It's has a lot of substance. It's grown. It's sexy. Mm-hmm. It's educational, and it's near and dear to my heart because I know you and right. I know how talented you, you are. You. I've known you. I said this a million times, more than half of our lives. Right. So to hear this woman album on this project over these beats, spitting this fire, it's like okay, this is a proud moment. It's a proud moment for me. Very Thank very you. personal. So shout out to you for that. Shout out to Eugene too for giving you some heat too because. You work with a lot of talented people on this album. A lot of talented people. I'm not too familiar with any of these guys, but whoever is on this Queen's Disciple Cypher, 
that was dope. That, yeah, that all, was, the, all of them. Um, so that was Eugene O'Neill of Valencia Stacks, and also Aaron Swift was on there, and then myself. What was the concept behind that? I wanted to I wanted to put my whole team on on one at least the the spitters and on the label on one track, and I just wanted to go for it. Like, um, shit, did you hear Big Sean's most recent project? He did like a ten minute long song on there. It was almost yeah, like yeah, a cipher, yeah, yeah. and he had a, a quite a few people on there, and a few I know a few artists who's done that. So that's kind of the feel I was going for. I wanted like a just a cipher track on there, and um, Eugene sampled the uh, Nas New York State of right. Mind on that, and we just went in. That was hard. That was dope. The music is very empowering, very feminine. Mm-hmm. Kind of got a masculine edge, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And that's probably. The misogyny in me mm-hmm. saying masculine edge because it's strong. No, it woman. does. It does. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So purposely has a masculine edge. Very, very feminine. Very soft. Mm-hmm. All those things, and then you rapping with these niggas. I'm like, right. okay, this girl is. <laughs> <laughs> and then it visually paints out the cover art. Mm-hmm. She out here with, with hitters mm-hmm. for real, doing her thing, and that's really, really dope. What was the inspiration behind the cover art too? DeLorean. He's a actually tattoo artist, and um, he was like the creative director at right. the label, and so he did any if we wanted any animation, he did all of that. So I just told him I wanted. Um, I actually told him I, I was scrolling through like Instagram, and I seen something similar to that where it was like a black woman holding a machine gun, and I told him I want you to do that because um, I felt like I was at war. I felt like I right. was at war to protect my blackness to protect everything about me especially with the whole banter that whole buckwheat situation so i'm like paint her like that but i want you to emphasize the bantu knots on her head and so he did that and then also in the background uh because my album a lot of my album was made during the time of when um the george floyd protests and all the protests were going on so in the background he painted a lot of the protests but he also did the palm trees because we from cali so it was just it was just like a a whole conglomerate of things that just represented the strength and the power of me fighting the system, me fighting, right. you know, to hold on to whatever it was. And so he, I think he just executed that album cover just so good. I didn't, yeah. I didn't want to go for putting my own face on the album, not for this project. I wanted him to right. capture that in animation. And that is me, actually. He drew me, but with Bantu Knots. Right, right, right. That was hard. Yeah. That was hard. Very, very intentional behind what you do and what you did and the art you you know, produce. So shout out to DeLorean. DeLorean. DeLorean on that one. The outro, Eugene saved your life. Mm-hmm. Dive into that. So outro um, is simply beautiful. And oh, who produced that? Um, Junie. Junie produced that. He's a kid from Moreno Valley and he's got the fucking. Bo Val, oh woo my woo. goodness. He's got the. Um, <laughs> when it comes to like that old school infusion, he can flip that shit like no other. Like he's so dope. But anyway, shout out to him. He produced um, Junie. He produced that Simply Beautiful track. But yeah, so Simply Beautiful was more of like a. Um, that's probably the most personal, personal you'll hear me get because I'll get personal on my views and opinions and things, you know, right. certain things I go through, but I won't really delve deep into family stuff or. Uh, battles with whatever mental health or whatever the case may be but yeah I felt that at the time in 2019 us being like in our 30s and trying to because once you hit that that 30 (laughs) that's when you start really thinking about 
it's just a pivotal point in your life. Yeah, you're, start, you're not old. This is the rest of your life. Exactly. You're not old, but you're now above that. You're not in your 20s no more. Right. And then you're going to be heading on into your 40s. Shit, I'm in, in my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, <laughs> okay. I, dude, <laughs> 29. So, yeah, with that line on Simply Beautiful, so I want to say in 2019, I was at like a, I won't say a super dark place, but I was in a place where I'm like, what am I doing? Like, right. <laughs> what's next? I don't want to be here. That was, I was still coming off of that um, being demoted and, you know, losing quite a lot of my life, including parts of my health. And I was just kind of in a depressed state and I was just feeling like, shit, what, what else is I'm tired of this? What else is there to do? Not that I was contemplating uh, suicide or nothing like that, but I was just contemplating giving up and I'm not a give up type of person right. or anything. And um, like I said, so when I was watching the Wu-Tang and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and drop a freestyle just to fuck around. And that's um, Eugene had just so happened to reach out. Like you want to work on some, some right. stuff again? And, we just started working, and it was kind of up from there. Wow, wow. Shout out to Eugene again. To, I might need Eugene to help me because <laughs> I need a, a, a lifesaver. I'm going yeah. through a little something right now. Yeah, well. But that, that's dope. That's dope. So how many tracks is this on this album for Thir- our listeners? I believe 13, and on the deluxe it's 14. Okay, and they can stream it. They can stream it right now on Spotify, title, Amazon Music. Um, you can even pull it up on YouTube or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's not on Apple right now. But if you type in Pretty Black on Apple, you can see all of my features. Because keep in mind, in the midst of me <laughs> doing my album that whole year, I've featured heavily on multiple projects. Let me ask you this. Any live performances coming up? Anything we could coming up what do we have coming up for tw- oh it's tricky right now with all this um marion yeah. dancing around everywhere and shit <laughs> but um no we have we definitely have some stuff in the works coming for 2022 at the top of the year but if you want to stay abreast all of that just follow me on um instagram at pretty underscore black blaq at the number one and um you can see all of my live performances and everything that's coming up i do have a few shows closing out this year um for like private events and things of that sort but um other than that yeah just follow me you'll see everything i'm doing and before we go pretty black what should our listeners do asap you need to follow pretty black asap and you can follow me on instagram at pretty that's p-r-e-t-t-y underscore black that's b-l-a-q and the number one that's how you're going to keep up with me and see everything that i'm doing all the projects i'm dropping and where i'll be performing that's on Instagram. That is on Instagram. I'm going to have all that in the description of this episode. And again, I'm Sean Allen Live on every platform. Apple listeners and Spotify listeners, make sure you rate, subscribe, follow wherever you listen to podcasts. See you guys on the next one. Matchonmatch.com is a black-owned online micro-marketplace that offers maximum exposure dedicated to black and brown creatives, content creators, and entrepreneurs alike. Need help with a product launch, website, or designing merch? Email us at info at merchonmerch.com or click the link in the description of this episode. And for ASAP listeners, we are offering free shipping with code ASAP at checkout. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. Warbyparker.com covered. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.